Nicely done. So good. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 37. What? Of Ranking the Beatles. What? What is it? <laughs> what episode is it? Oh, man. We should have done that. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I botched it. It's okay. We've got like... We'll circle back to it. 200 more like, of these. Yeah, we'll circle back to it. Yeah. Um, There's only so many popular songs. That's true. Well, I mean, <laughs> this was, I mean, this is a, it was a well-known song, but it wasn't like banger of bangers. Faith No More did okay, but like, mm-hmm. it's not a, um, a top 10 of all time. You know? mm. It's okay. It was pretty popular for a minute. It was. I remember they used to play it on the video on MTV all the time. Mm. For the children listening, that is a television station that only played music videos. <laughs> Still around, but it just plays... <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what it plays now. Yeah, we haven't had cable for like 17 years. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I just remember the fish flopping around. Oh, in the the video? video. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I came back to it. Circled around. (laughs) I was like, wait, what? (laughs) It's fine. Everything's fine. My brain is totally working today. Don't worry about it. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) So, welcome to the show, everybody. How's it going? I am Jonathan. And I am Julia. This is our little podcast called Ranking the Beatles. We hope everyone is having a wonderful week. Exciting news this week as uh, one of the Fab Four, Sir Paul, has announced uh, a 900-page, two-volume autobiography based around his lyrics, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, the internet, the Beatlenet was a buzz. Despite some assumptions, we actually are fans of Paul. <laughs> yes. I will shell, shell out the money. Oh, my gosh. To yes. buy this book. I really, I want to get the UK version, though, because it's got that, the photo that on that the cover. That slipcase cover yeah. is way nicer over Yeah. There. We're going to have to find a way. One of our listeners on Twitter was like, oh, there are ways. And I was like, teach me, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah our, the American version just looks like it came out of a library. Like, it's just green, it's just, which is fine. Yeah. No disrespect to libraries. No we disrespect to green. Library. Green is no, cool, too. No disrespect to green. No disrespect to libraries. We love them both. <laughs> But that Mike McCartney photo, that photo. Of Paul is so good. Um, so, yeah, definitely want that UK version. Um, but, yeah, very excited to read that. I was always kind of hoping that, like, he would do a new biography, an autobiography, like a real thing. And granted, like, it's Paul. He's not giving you the most obvious thing, but he's giving you probably what you'll like a whole lot more. Right. But I feel like sort of the biographies of the Beatles have been done to death. Yeah. You know, this is such like a fresh take on, I guess, an autobiography. Like it's, you know, chronicling his life in his songs. Right. Which is pretty amazing when you're Paul fucking McCartney. (laughs) Valid point. (laughs) You've had a really cool life and written some really amazing songs. Let's put them together in a book. I think you need to put the fuck in between Mick and and Cartney. 
So it's Paul McFucking Cartney. Mm, I think. I'll botch that. I'll I'll take it. <laughs> that's a that's I'll a go tongue with that twister. One for you. <laughs> but uh, very excited about that though. Yeah. I think that's going to be super duper cool. And it's coming out for your birthday. Well, just before well, I think it's before. out November second. Yeah. yeah, and your birthday's November eleventh, so yeah. a week before. Yeah. If any listeners want to surprise Jonathan for his birthday and save our our checking account, that'd be great. Or it could be an early <laughs> anniversary, or an early wedding anniversary gift. Oh yes. For our December first anniversary. Yes, yes, yes. Your yeah. birthday's closer though. That's true. Yeah. That's fine. So that's very exciting, but um, yeah. So today we reach song number one eighty in our countdown. We have a very special guest. We've counted. Well, before we get to the guest, <laughs> we've we've counted down from two hundred and twenty-three to one eighty, which I I don't feel like I've for, completely grasped how uh, how we've gotten there. As we're coming up on the one year anniversary of quarantine shutdown, um, which is what eventually led to this podcast. Mm-hmm. And we're not at the one year anniversary of that yet, but we're at the one year anniversary of the thing that kind of got us here anyway. Mm-hmm. And we've hit this kind of nice round number. I like round numbers. It, you know, it's a nice place to kind of pause and take a peek around. So I thought what I'd like to do first before we start this episode is just do a little recap of the last 43 songs that we've ranked. Did you just math in your brain? I did, but did I do it right (laughs) is the question. Let me get my calculator. 223 minus one I've already screwed that up. 223 minus 180. 43. I was correct. Yeah. Yeah. Ding, 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 Maybe, you know, I should reconsider this song, mm. but I don't want to change the rankings, but I think we can revisit and mm-hmm. just kind of recap for, we have a lot of new listeners. Oh, so many the new show listeners, grown y'all. A lot. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to our, our little baby pod. We're very proud. Yeah. We're very proud parents. You may be kind of goofy looking, but it's our baby and only <laughs> we can say it's goofy looking. You can't. But... Yeah, thought it would be good to just take a quick look back, not in anger, uh, before we look forward. Because we've got a lot of stuff coming up mm, over the next so few months. Like, it's going to be pretty jam-packed. And uh, I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. So, I think let's 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 hop in the Wayback Machine for just a moment. Shall we? That's my rewind noise. <laughs> <laughs> Youths. I like that. We... <laughs> Back in the day, you used to have to watch movies on VHS tapes, and it would make a noise when you rewound them. There was no... (laughs) Now VHS tapes are repurposed as ashtrays for uh, Seth Rogen's weed company. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's cool. Which it it just announced today is coming to America. I've seen some people also make like little succulent planters out of them, which is kind of cute. I'm like, well, they're doing something. Yeah. Love a good succulent. Y'all, it's real weird today. I'm sorry. It's a weird one today. Uh, So strap in. Don't know where it's going. (laughs) 
So, if you remember back, our first episode came out July 7th of 2020. We were joined by Mr. Kyle Malonsaw, drummer of the Imagination Movers, Dash Rip Rock, many others. Big in the 90s. Big in the 90s. (laughs) Very, very popular New Orleans cover band. (laughs) Um, And we dropped number 223, Silip Dick, and 222, Come give me a dine a hand. How did you feel as we dropped that in our first episode? And those were the starting points. I mean, that's fine. You still good with those at the bottom of the list? Mm, well, no. I feel like you could actually put, um, I don't know. There's a couple songs that could just go into the trash. They don't even need to be on the list. Sure. But if you must put them on the list, they can go behind those. I think we all know what those songs are. We're going to get, we're going to recap them. We're getting there. Yeah. So, Okay. So then we hit uh, number 221 with uh, with Adam Hill, Mr. Moonlight. I still think that belongs in the doo-doo pile. Yeah, it's not a great one. I, I haven't re-listened to Mr. Moonlight since we did that episode. Yeah, me neither. Maybe by design. I don't know. So then we had Dave Pomerleau with number 220, P.S. I Love You. Mm-hmm. And Dave reminded me that that song is maybe a little bit trickier than originally thought. I think he scrambled your brain a bit on kinda that one. Did. Yeah. He kind of did. Um, you, I got a little more respect for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you want to move that one up if you did a, re, a, no. a recount? No. I think really? I'm keeping it there. I think I'm keeping it. I might move it huh. up like maybe one or two, but huh. a negligible amount. It doesn't make me like it anymore. Okay. I maybe have more respect for it, but my enjoyment is still like, meh, not my thing. Okay. Um, so then number 219, Love You Too with Alex Rawls music writer gave me a, a little bit of a lashing for that one you kind of deserved it <laughs> that's still a hot topic people still are mad about that one <laughs> but um so then you got uh we were joined by mr mike Patton, not of faith no more fame oh that's so funny yeah oh, wow. that's what I, I thought that's where you that's that's what spurred that on today no i, I looked at your computer <laughs> I looked at your computer screen and I saw the word epic. Ah. <laughs> and it just made me think of that song. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and we had 218 Hold Me Tight and 217 You Like Me Too Much. And I think Mike didn't know what he was coming into. He did not. With that song. He did not. Yeah. I feel like I ambushed him a little. I'm sorry, Mike. But it's okay. Like, yeah. I think we, you know, that song had a little bit of a, not a little bit, but pretty un, uh, unpositive, pretty non-positive message. To say the least, in right. terms of uh, listeners, you can't see me right now, but I'm doing the the Kobe swish, the basketball tossing a basketball swish to throw it into the trash. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it belongs. Fair enough. In the trash. In the bin. So then <laughs> it uh, will be tossed. <laughs> then uh, Mr. Jeff Rodell joined us for uh, two sixteen. If you've got trouble and two fifteen, how do you do it? Every now and then, How Do You Do It comes onto my radar, and I'm like, this is not a bad song. I still don't know that it would be have been the right song for the Beatles at that point. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's, it's not a, a bad song. It's catchy. It's not the best thing in the world. You know, it's so funny. I'm, like, thinking back to these episodes, and I'm like, God, it feels like we did these in the 90s. <laughs> like, yeah. it has been. It hasn't even been a year. Like, that was July. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's 
It's been a lot. Yeah. I mean, time is a strange concept now. Yes. And then, uh, of course, if you've got trouble, features that amazing call out from Ringo. <laughs> Rock on anybody. anybody. So good. Which its origin story will be told later today. Ooh. 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 Uh, then my buddy and drummer extraordinaire, Andre Boren, uh, who plays with me and Dave Pomerlo in The Walrus, uh, joined us for a twofer. For number 214, that means a lot. And 213, tell me what you see. Uh, following that, we stirred the pot a little bit with Paul Sanchez for number 212, Love Me Do, which caused a little bit of shockwave in the end. Uh, I believe he also scolded you. Well, he scolded me for number 211, The Long and Winding Road. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. And it's funny how often that song comes up in this show, I think. That's a really polarizing song. Yes. I don't think I realized how many people have kind of extreme feelings about that song. I wouldn't, I don't know that I would say extreme, but I would say strong. Uh, sure. Okay, strong. Fair enough. Um, but that was a, a an opinion that was echoed by... I don't by, know anyone that's like setting fires. Well, I like, mean, it's the, ah. it's the Beatles. No one's like... <laughs> Killing well, except for Charles Manson did that one time. E. <laughs> like, you know, like no one's like, you know, burning buildings down to the sounds of you know a taste of honey <laughs> or anything like that. But some people genuinely love or hate certain things. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of people have said Long and Wandy Road was their least favorite. I think Sean Nelson, that was one of his, that was his least favorite. I think there's a couple others. Yeah, yeah, uh, I've definitely heard least favorite more than I expected to. Yeah. It's surprising because it's such a well-known song. Yeah. But I guess well-known doesn't always mean good. Valid. Valid. So. And so then that brings us to two uh, 210, our first collaboration crossover podcast. Pod pal alert. With our pod pals, the Blotto Beatles. Hey, buds. Hey, guys. Hope you're doing <laughs> well up in Beantown. They just did an amazing fundraiser yeah, this past weekend um, to raise money for um, ALS research, I believe. Yep. Um, the ALS One charity. Yes. And didn't they raise like almost $5,000? Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, that's amazing. Incredible. Unfortunately, we were not able to join because this guy- We were going to be there. Yes. Then I had a show that was booked and then it got- rescheduled then it got rebooked for the same date yes so it was very confusing we were all over the place um but hopefully if they do it again we'll be able to join them because we'll be there i'm really sure. sad to have missed out we did send some some coin it seemed like a lot of fun though. but that doesn't make we're up for always all the fun up for always up for beatles trivia well you are i yeah. just sit there and make jokes <laughs> <laughs> and we made lots of jokes with them as we talked about number 210 i'll get you mm -hmm. which every now and then like that one still pops in my head that little oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah like, that's really catchy little yeah, part there i do sure. enjoy that did do you mean to tell me that the beatles write catchy songs <laughs> they're pretty good at that <laughs> uh at number 209 this was a an interesting we we, we Somehow made a long episode out of two really short songs uh, with Justin Molazon, 209, Her Majesty, and 208, Dig It. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> I got nothing to say about yeah, that. Yeah, they are super short. They're super short, and uh, they're just little link tracks, and, yeah, yeah. that's where they live. Uh, you know, Paul was shocked that somehow those two ended up 
in a uh, a lower ranking, or I guess a uh, yeah a lower ranking, a, a better lower, ranking, a better ranking than the Long and Winding Road, which yes. you know, at this point my back has just gotten immune to the the lashings. <laughs> so, tis what it is. Good at, stuff. At two oh seven, we had an episode with our buddy Brett Milano who was one of the creative consultants on the Beatles rock band. So cool. And that was super cool. And we talked about uh, Ringo's uh, Rubber Soul vocal, What Goes On, number 206, A Taste of Honey, as John used to call it, A Waste of Money. Mm. Still not a favorite of mine. So salty. That might be one I moved down a little lower, if I yeah. reconsider. Yeah. It doesn't do it for me, but that's okay. Would, would it be worse than The Long and Winding Road? Mmm. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I'll take it. I'll have to reconsider. <laughs> uh, number 205, Kamalansan was back in the house for Words of Love, which I'm kind of reconsidering its placement. Hmm. Maybe deserved to be a little bit higher. I don't know. Thinking about it. At, uh, at number 204, we were joined by the wonderful Miss Debbie Davis for The Word and 203, Flying. The Word, um, I don't know. There's things I don't like in it production-wise that just still kind of take me from it, you mm. know? Just not my thing. I do like it. I think I said so. And you are entitled to. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you are quite welcome. <laughs> um, at number 202, we brought in my Broheim of Broheims, Mr. Steven Turner, a.k.a. Sleeve and Burner. Oh, dear. A.k.a. Squeeven... Yeah, Slurner. no, we oh. don't have to do this, do we? <laughs> That's fine. Uh, <laughs> guitarist extraordinaire from uh, my band The Breton Sound and also big in the 90s. Also the best man in our wedding, as it was. Uh, number 202, Obla Di Da. And 201, What's the New Mary Jane? I got a lot of hate for the placement of What's the New Mary Jane. Because people think it's better than you think it is or worse than you think they it think is? They think it's the worst thing that the Beatles ever did. Mm, it's pretty Especially terrible. Especially in comparison to The Long and Winding Road <laughs> or any other track that has proceeded in this list. Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with them. It's terrible. Well, my list, so. <laughs> <laughs> Tough nuggies, please. Damn. At Damn. number 200... And see a nice round number here. Uh, we were joined by the wonderful ladies of Chapel Heart to discuss Act Naturally and the Beatles' uh, influence uh, with country music, or should I say country music's influence on the Beatles. Um, and they're actually doing gangbusters right now. Uh, their new single, uh, You Can Have Him, Jolene, is uh, storming up the CMT charts Excellent. in country music land. Yeah, and we're actually going to discuss another Beatles country tune later on in this episode. Uh, number 199, Adam Hill was back in the house to discuss 12-bar original. Uh, then at number 198, our first couple-to-couple -couple episode with musician Jack Locke and podcast hoster Angie Tusa, his wife, uh, husband and wife duo, much like us. Yeah. Uh, we discussed number 198, Don't Bother Me, and 197, Ask Me Why. Then we blew doors down with a man who's almost got an EGOT, Michael Cerverus. We discussed Till There Was You, which was pretty good. Uh, then another pod pal alert, Which was pretty good. Which was pretty good. <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't want to like harp on this all day. That's what you, that's what you say. 
Well, we no. di- we discussed among other things uh, recording the official cast soundtrack of Tommy. That was uh, with cool. Pete Townsend and George Martin. No big. It's just things that you do when you're Michael Cerveris. It's just what you just do. It's an average Tuesday. Just be amazing. In Michael Cerveris land. <laughs> uh, then we took it across the pond to our our pals from Liverpool. Those lovely lads and ladies from Liverpool. Elvanilo. Hi, friends. One of our other pod pals. As we discussed the Hard Day's Night song, When I Get Home, at number 195. Then we were joined... By my other broheem, Mr. John Thomas Griffith of the Red Rockers and Cowboy uh, to discuss number 194, Back in the USSR, and 193, Why Don't We Do It in the Road. Uh, author Rich Topeka joined us for 192, What You're Doing. Beatles scholar and author Bruce Spizer joined for 191, Maggie May. Wealth of information. Wealth of knowledge. Wow. I felt like I learned 25% more information. Wow. By the time that show was over. And I'm looking forward to having him back on, hopefully later this year as we get closer to the release of the Get Back documentary. Yes. Which, also this week, uh, potential uh, documentary poster for Get Back was released. And boy, people hate it. Yeah. (laughs) Very strange. People do not like it. But Yikes. it's life. I mean, it's not great, but it's not terrible either. Not as bad as the uh, Live at the Hollywood Bowl or uh, the Touring Years documentary cover was, which was pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, a lot of their merch is just like. It's weird, though. Like, subpar. as you know, at one point you were literally the coolest group of humans on the planet. Yeah. Like, give us some cool visuals cool you know merch and things i think that they just like don't appreciate the youth (laughs) the youth (laughs) like if they got some you know millennials maybe some maybe some zoomers in there yeah gen z in there to like do some updated designs let's put some let's put some younger people in the uh in the offices at apple core yeah kind of you know i mean it's it's very like dad merch yeah there's like some be. things here yeah. and there i'm like oh that shirt's kind of cute i might wear that yeah but a lot of it i'm just like hmm yeah it's a little too much yeah i don't get it yeah it's okay it That's happens okay. less things to spend my money on then we wrapped up the year by ourselves one-on-one for number 190 there's a place and 189 devil in her heart and uh so then we kicked off 2K21 <laughs> uh, with number 188 Little Child with our buddy James from the Oasis podcast because if you've not listened to the show uh, I'm a huge Oasis fan uh, and he runs a damn fine podcast so it was a good time to chat with him. Speaking of damn fine podcasts, uh-huh. one of the best Beatles podcasts out there uh-huh. Another Kind of Mind we were joined by Diana Erickson for number 187 Run For Your Life which we've gotten a lot of good feedback on that episode, mm-hmm. and that was a really tough episode to put together. I was very happy with how that came out. I Me think too. that's one of my favorite ones that we've done so far. Yeah, it was yeah. a very thoughtful conversation. Yeah, it was better than it, it was hard to not. It was good to not just have an episode about like, oh, I think the song rocks. Like, yeah, you know, 
there was a lot deeper conversation that needed to happen around that particular song. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's, is that our most listened to episode? I believe so. In, in, in its time frame, yes. Yeah. Some so older ones have a, some older ones have higher numbers, but that one's up there. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations, Diana. Yeah. Killing <laughs> it. Uh, number 186, we had a drummer face-off roundtable, Ringo roundtable discussion about Don't Pass Me By with uh, Kyle Malanson and Andre Boren back in the house, two of the best drummers in New Orleans, and I get to play with both of them, so that's a lot of fun. You're a lucky dude. I am a lucky dude. You have really great musician friends and an amazing wife. Man, it is hard being me. Uh, at number 185, we had singer-songwriter Ben Labatt. We talked about The Night Before from the Help album. And then at number 184, songwriter Micah McKee joined us to discuss Wait from Rubber Soul. And uh, now I think about him every show when we ask somebody who their favorite Beatle is. Because his new album, Abundances, has a song called Who's Your Favorite Beatle? Amazing. At number 183, this was still one of my favorite episodes. We were joined by Sean Nelson, who was the singer of the band Harvey Danger, uh, who I am a huge fan of. Uh, and also his most recent album, uh, Nelson Sings Nelson, a frequent uh, spin in our house as both fans of his music and of Harry Nelson. Uh, number 183 was Drive My Car. And he'll be beep, back beep, beep, in beep. just a few weeks. <gasps> so the story goes. At number one. 82, we were joined by Julia's cousin and foul mouth scientist, <laughs> Celeste Faya, uh, who's a PhD candidate in microbiology and immunology to discuss Rocky Raccoon at number 182. I don't know where you people have been this whole time. We curse a pretty hearty like amount. I You do. You foul mouth. Listen. I it runs in the family. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> But like, I don't, it was so funny. Like everyone in the comments was like, woo, woo, the mouth. Working blue this episode. <laughs> Working real blue. I was like, yo, we curse all the time. What's the deal? We do. It's just because Celeste is so cute. People don't expect it. Yeah. Well, they think science, she's going to just be saying things like oxygen <laughs> and uh, beryllium. She's going <laughs> to clank her test tubes. Yes. <laughs> Beryllium. How's your beryllium doing? <laughs> I don't know what that is. I like that you've latched onto that. That's the, like, what What else is in the periodic table of elements? Mm. Uh, I mm. Yeah. I got consecutive D's in science in school. I was terrible at it. <laughs> uh, then at number 181, we were joined by Paul Saltzman, who was with the Beatles at the ashram in Rishikesh in 1968. Uh, and has an amazing documentary and book out called Meeting the Beatles in India. And we discussed the continuing story of Bungalow Bill. That's a pretty good uh, good run we've had. And now we are here today at number 180. God, it feels... I can't believe we've gotten this far. We're like <laughs> in the midst of it now. Yeah. I can't, we, we can't cut out now. We're so far in. I could at any time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those nights where I'm just like, the last thing I want to do is edit the episode and I just oh, got no energy. Can't call it quits now, man. We're, we're stuck. We're stuck in it here. So yeah, 
I think with that in mind, it's it's time to get into it with our guest today. Uh, friends of the pod, please welcome to the show us, because <laughs> it's us this week. Uh, we have no guest. We just wanted to uh, keep oh, it low key. Maxwell's here, oh, though. We do have a guest, Maxwell. Our dog is here in the room with us. He was sleeping, but he just woke up and he's like, hi, pay attention to me. <laughs> our, uh, our other dog, Jojo, uh, is in another room sleeping and being angry that he's not down here with us. But he's real, he's real panty. <laughs> panty? Uh, he, he, he pans a lot. <laughs> uh, he's a neurotic little chihuahua. He's a real heavy breather. You'd, you'd have heard in the back of the podcast for like the whole the whole show. <laughs> and it's just unpleasant. So, Friends, he's not exaggerating. We spared you because we love you. Yeah, you don't want to listen to that. So shall we get into it, my dear? Sure. All right. Julia, drum roll, please. Coming in at number 180 is Honey Don't. <laughs> In 1956, a then 15-year-old John Lennon purchased a 78 record of Carl Perkins' Blue Suede Shoes. The song was a major touchstone in his life, as the Beatles performed it numerous times in their early days. Uh, they frequently turned to it for in-studio jam sessions, uh, notably during the Let It Be sessions. He performed it with the Plastic Ono Band also uh, during his show at the Toronto Peace Festival. Uh, the weight of that record really can't be understated in the makeup of the musician that John Lennon is. Uh, when he flipped the record over, though, uh, he was maybe equally as drawn to the B-side, the song Honey Don't. The Beatles featured blue suede shoes in their sets uh, since their Quarrymen days, and they added Honey Don't to the repertoire in 1962 uh, to fill out sets in Hamburg and at the Cavern and on early tours. Originally, John handled the lead vocals on the song, but by the middle of 1963, his touring had started to pick up and set lists were, set lists were being condensed, Honey Don't was kicked to the curb. So in May of 64, the Beatles were at a party where Carl Perkins was also in attendance. Uh, apparently, George walked straight up to Carl and asked him what key Honey Don't was in. When Carl replied that it was in the key of E, George supposedly turned to John and said, I told you we've been doing it wrong. <laughs> Sorry, it's terrible. So good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't have to do that. That was a terrible, George. Uh, at the same party, Ringo asked Carl if the band could record some of his songs, and being a smart guy, Carl replied, man, go ahead, have at it. Uh, and then, in fact, welcomed them to his entire catalog, because he is a smart man and knows he can make some money if the Beatles record some of his songs. Just a few bucks, huh? Yeah. Uh, now, the band did, in fact, record his song Matchbox the next month in June, with Carl Perkins in attendance at the session. 
Uh, there were rumors that he played on the track, but it's not true. Although they did apparently jam in the studio before working on the track, but those tapes have never surfaced. Uh, they returned to his catalog again in October uh, during the final session for Beatles for Sale. After not having a Ringo song on the Hard Day's Night album, they knew they needed one for him for Beatles for Sale. Uh, he was originally slated to sing the lead on I Don't Want to Spoil the Party, but at some point John and Paul decided they wanted to handle that themselves. So that said, they ran through five takes of Honey Don't, with John handing over lead vocal duties to Ringo. The fifth take was The Keeper, with the tambourine overdub being added to cap off the track. Uh, now, the band performed this song a number of times on BBC sessions and during live dates at the end of 64 and early 65, uh, mainly in the UK, never in the States. Uh, additionally, John and Paul both recorded this track during studio jams at different points in their solo careers. John, during both his Plastic Ono Band album sessions and during the Sometime in New York sessions, uh, Paul, during a session with Carl Perkins for his Tug of War album, and Ringo, of course, has performed it numerous times over the years, including on a Carl Perkins TV special in the early 80s and during the concert for George. So, why do I have Honey Don't at 180? So, I think Honey Don't is interesting in that if you listen to it in context with all these other versions um, that are out there, it's a situation where they're finally using the studio and George Martin to produce the best, uh, most succinct version of the song. The playing is really understated by all parties and it gives the track a real light feel. Uh, it doesn't feel like it's trying too hard. And I think that really makes it succeed. Uh, George's guitar parts are spot on for the track. It feels like he's playing something that obviously is like a big cornerstone for what he had learned over the years. And he's loyal and committed to it. And like, just he's nailing those parts. Ringo's vocal is really solid on it, uh, even if it maybe keeps him from finding any real signature fill or move in the track. I feel like when he takes the lead in the track, he just kind of plays the beat and there's no drum fills. He just kind of does his thing to give the best vocal performance that he can um, and just, for you know, ignores, you know, anything flashy on the drums. Okay. Not that he's a flashy drummer by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but everything about the track seems really respectful to the original uh, like it was done, like really done with like reverence and love. I love the call outs in the track where he's like rock on George for Ringo one time, uh, which we come back to on in 1965 with uh, if you've got trouble only with way less energy and charm. Eey. And then it's also called back on uh, by the monkeys in 1967 on the track. No time. Uh, Mickey Dolan's calls out rock on George for Ringo one time. Now, rock on George for Ringo one time. Just because. Uh, so, yeah, that's why I have it there. It's a nice little track. It doesn't bother me too much. I think it's pleasant. It's fun. What do you think? Eh. Eh. I'm a little eh about it. Yeah? Do tell. Yeah, like, it's fine. It's just, like, I don't feel like they brought anything to it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very true to the original. Yeah. Um, It's a cover of a decent song yeah like i don't know it just doesn't grab me um did you listen to the multiple bbc versions no okay you didn't tell me to that's okay i'm not (laughs) telling you how to do your research for this show well i didn't know that they were there well let me explain to you and our dear (laughs) listeners as we walk through the multiple bbc versions of honey don't okay so (laughs) <laughs> I have notes. Oh. Um, 
now, okay, so this is maybe one of the more slight tracks in the catalog, if I'm being honest about it. Like, not a ton of, like, artistic weight to it. It's, it's, it's a filler track, let's be real. So there's multiple BBC versions available, and I think when you put them in conversation with the studio version, it makes for a really good example of, like, seeing the band's growth. So if you start with the September of 63 version, this is the first time they recorded. Uh, it's a pretty good example of how I think you would hear the Beatles at the Cavern Club in 63. Um, it's a garage band version. Uh, John's on lead vocal. It's got that great young, like raw rasp to it. They're really just kind of plowing through the track with no regard to like dynamic or vibe. Um, they're just kind of, you know, blasting away on it. Uh, and it rocks, and I can see how that would work great in a live setting, but it seems, it, it feels inexperienced. Uh, so then, cut to May of 64, they do it again at the BBC. So then we get to this May 64 version. Uh, John's on the vocal still, but it's a bit more restrained. I don't know if it's a combination of maybe the band's kind of tired. I don't know what their schedule is around this particular time, uh, but they've already done. Uh, they've already conquered America. They've, you know, they filmed a hard day's night. They're playing constantly, uh, but maybe they're just feeling like they're starting to kind of realize you don't always have to be like at an 11. You can mm -hmm. dial back a little bit. Mm -hmm. So it feels a little more restrained. The band's a bit tighter. They're playing a bit more refined. It still pushes the track to more of a rock feel, especially in Ringo's playing. Uh, but then in October, they record the studio version. And I think this is a situation where George Martin maybe like plays the producer role. I think he gets John to switch from the electric guitar to an acoustic guitar and uh, has Ringo change his drum pattern. So live and on the BBC versions, he's playing this pattern that kind of revolves around an open and closing hi-hat, which is like a type thing, which also seems like the, uh, the start of like a, the, the video they used to play before the, the movies. <laughs> yes. Um, so on the studio version, that part's gone. He just plays it close throughout the whole track, just kind of like it's, and it doesn't really... It doesn't make any impact. Uh, they do put a tambourine overdub over it, which kind of moves the track in the same way that the hi hat may have, but it leaves rooms for it leaves room for everything to breathe on the track. Um, it just feels like a more confident version. They're kind of starting to understand, like building the song and giving dynamic to it. Um, you know, George's playing. You know, it pushes when it needs to, and then it pulls back when it's not needed. 
John being on an acoustic versus electric changes the whole feel of the track as well. But then back in November of 64, they're back in the BBC, Ringo's back to the open hi-hat thing, which uh, makes me think that Ringo really likes that part, but he's acquiescing to what the producer is telling him is the thing to do, which you got to do sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes I love you on a Saturday night. Sunday morning you don't look right. You've been out painting the town. Then they give their final recording of it in May of 65. Ringo's still doing that hi-hat part, which is kind of overbearing. It takes a lot of that kind of space out of the track and just makes it this kind of constant noise that's Mm -hmm. going the whole time. Um, But sometimes when when a musician just is married to a part, you can't make them... You know, unless you're like being told by the boss, you can't do it. They're going to keep doing it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so May of 65, he's back on the hi-hat part, which is why part of why I think he really likes it. Uh, but at this point, he is goofing the vocal, starting with the second verse instead of the first. Um, and the band don't really care enough to go back and redo the track because by this point, when they're doing BBC sessions, they're recording a it's a whole thing that they're just doing separately. They could have gone back and done it right, but they don't they don't care at this point. They've just moved on. Um, so I think it just shows you know they grew to be this more assertive and kind of like smart band in terms of like how they're playing. But then they moved beyond that and they just didn't care enough to even try anymore mm-hmm. on that kind of material where like they'd moved past the honey don't by that point, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, by no, by May of 65, they're putting out help and ticket to ride and like yesterday and like you're getting to this era of um, kind of landmark recordings and like originals originals and like yeah. studio work and under, and starting to understand the studio um and live you know the idea of playing honey don't they don't really give a shit at that point like they're mm-hmm. just doing the bbc session because they have to not because they're relying on it for the exposure anymore like they're just there out of contractual obligation so i think that's what makes it one of the more interesting things because there's not that many songs like that where you can kind of track that growth i think and that's intriguing to me to see. Um, but, you know, I, yeah, but that doesn't mean the song is good. Well, um, <laughs> damn it, Preetus. Sorry. <laughs> I don't I think it's a perfectly enjoyable track. You know, like I think there's other perfectly enjoyable tracks. Like I actually find Act Naturally more enjoyable than this one. Really? Yeah. You don't find it a bit more like hokey? Um, and goofy. I thought Act Naturally was intentionally a little bit hokey. I kind of always felt it. That, yeah, like it was intentionally a bit hokey and like showy. Um, I think it's like I don't. I mean, I guess this also falls on Carl Perkins and not Ringo, but it's it's very repetitive. Like so much, honey, don't. Like, they say it so many times. Yeah, he does kind of do the, um, 
the repetitive chorus move there. Yeah, it's like we get it, dude. Yeah. We get it. Honey, don't. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I, just, I find it a little repetitive. It's okay, and it's, like, fun to say, you know, to, like, your partner that you live with, you know, like, honey, honey don't. Honey, don't. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's fun. <laughs> What am I doing that's making you say that? Nothing. I it's, I feel seen and exposed. Most of the time it's in jest. Yeah. Um, so it's fun to say sometimes. But other than that, like, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of this one. Yeah. I think I would put it um, further back on the list. Interesting. Yeah. How do you feel about the more country side of the Beatles? Because I feel like it doesn't get talked about a lot, but I think it probably plays a bigger role in their in their makeup than we give it credit for like what well you know especially if you go back and look at like the live at the bbc albums and things like that there's a lot of these country songs that they're doing covers of in like their formative years and i think it a lot of that uh, kind of lends to the uh lends to like the two-part harmonies that john and paul do so frequently um like that's all stuff that they're learning from like your Everly brothers who are learning it from the Leuven brothers. And like, it kind of goes back to like this early country harmony thing. Um, and I, I think that plays a really big role in the way that they work all the way up. You know, think of like two of us is, you know, two it's dual harmony, the whole track through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those are the kind of things that are, that's an element that I think comes from that country influence. I love that song. Yeah. And I, I, you know, a lot of times Ringo's playing kind of does that like kind of like, which is like kind of like a country feel, mm-hmm. uh, which comes like a song like Honey Don't or mm-hmm. Act Naturally. Um, but then he can put that same kind of feel into a song like um, like She's a Woman, which feels more R&B, but still has kind of a kind of beat to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, he can kind of take that same feel that he's getting from country, which he admittedly like loves growing up. Like that's like his bread and butter as a kid. Like he loves country music. And, uh, you know, I think once he starts to put his spin on that in Beatleland and John and Paul as well. And then George obviously as a player loves that stuff. Mm-hmm. I think I like it when they take bits of that. And are influenced by it, mm-hmm. but I, the Beatles aren't a country band. Like, you don't need to cover a country song. I well, don't then, think. so consider that in light of like Rocky Raccoon, which mm-hmm. is like a country. That's a, a definite country thing. Okay. Like, how do you a b like a Honey Don't or an Act Naturally with a Rocky Raccoon? What do you mean a b? Like, as in which one do I like better? Well, like, how do you? Yeah, like which do you like better and why? Um, well, I prefer, oh, out of Act Naturally, Rocky Raccoon, and Honey Don't? Well, like, put Honey Don't and Act Naturally in the same category, like, country covers. Okay. Um, I think I prefer Act Naturally. Okay. I I think it's, like, a a little bit different. Like, maybe enough different. Sure, sure. Um, to make it. A little more Beatlesy. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Mm, maybe not. I think there is like still pretty close. There's to a me. certain feel on the Beatles for Sale album that I really, really like. Like sonically, I think is really cool. Um, they're using more acoustic guitar 
than ever on this record. So it feels kind of loose and uh, there's more space to it. Okay. Um, that I think I just, I'm naturally drawn to sometimes. Um, and for some, like, honey, don't, I, that little don at the top. I love that little riff. It's so good. I play it all the time. It's one of my favorite little, like, goofy opening riffs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and Ringo still plays it, so he obviously still enjoys it. I would definitely put this behind, like, Rocky Raccoon and Bungalow Bill. Yeah? I think these are out of order. Hmm. I mean, at least I think you're out of order. <laughs> at least they're originals. Yeah, but, like, so is What's the New Mary Jane? Shut up. That's bad. Well, you don't think Rocky Raccoon is bad? I don't think any of these are bad. That's true. You don't. Yeah. But I'm also incredibly biased. So, <laughs> so Honey Don't at 180. You disagree? Yeah, I think it should be a little lower. Yeah? Yeah. I guess, like, higher, really. I'll be curious to see how you feel when we get the tracks like Matchbox, um, Everybody's Trying to Be My Baby. I don't know Matchbox. What is that? Another Carl Perkins tune. Oh. Yeah. Um, there's more country stuff to come that I'll be interested to see how you feel about those songs in comparison. Okay. Because maybe they're a bit more energetic and rocking. Mm. So, like, you might be more into them. Yeah. I'll be curious to see. But that said, um, got a little while before we get to, uh, to Matchbox. And we've got a good while before we get to Everybody's Trying to Be My Baby. I love that song. That's a jam. Tis a jam. So, 180, you're going to put it a little bit higher than that? Yeah, I think we should have gotten to it already. Okay. Fair enough. Certainly before Bungalow yeah. Bill and Rocky Raccoon. Okay. What are your big, um, you know, looking back on these previous 47 rankings, what are the ones that you think we got wrong so far? Ooh. Good question. I have the list right here for you. Um, I don't know. I still think the long and winding road is too low. Yeah. I don't know that I've like super disagreed with you on too much. Can you think of anything that I really disagreed with? I, I feel like I'm pretty. Not that I can think of. I think maybe wait. Yeah, you did really like that. I, you really like, like that. Yeah. Um, I also really like. Um, I really like the word, too. Yeah. You're not a big fan of that one, but I, I think that one's fun. Um, those are the ones that, like, jump out to me. Yeah. Um, I think most of the time, like, I'm, I don't think I'm too far away from you on most of them. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, the ones that should be lower. Sure. Um, but, or in the bin. Um, but I think most of the time I agree with you pretty much. Has your opinion of the Beatles as a as a band or as a unit changed over the last 47 songs we've discussed? I don't think so. I mean, I've always carried a very high opinion of them because of being in a relationship with you for <laughs> quite a few years now. Even in light of like a, a What's the New Mary Jane or something like that? No, I always knew that they had some weird shit in their catalog. <laughs> Um, I just hadn't really listened to it before. They're perfectly um, capable of dropping a big stinker on us. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's usually just a weird one. Yeah. I mean, you know, no one's perfect. True. And then especially when you put like 
heavy drugs <laughs> and and surround yourself with people that don't tell you no. Yeah. Yeah. That's a recipe for disaster in the Valid. form of what's the new Mary Jane. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, looking back in hindsight, what would you move to the bottom of the list? I know so we, we started off with the two German singles. Mm hmm. But I know you've mentioned You Like Me Too Much mm -hmm. and Run For Your Life. Mm -hmm. Chuck them to the bottom. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I almost feel like those four could exist in like mulligan category. <laughs> like, yeah. Meh. Yeah. I mean, maybe not the German ones, because I'm sure to like certain people, that's like their first yeah. big songs, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't think they need to take a mulligan on the German ones. Like they had a pretty deep connection to Germany. They spend so much time there performing and yeah. like becoming the musicians that they became, you know, it was, yeah. it was formative for them. So they, I don't think they need a mulligan for those. I think they were appealing to that audience and maybe that was their little thank you. Their little, we love you, Germany. Thanks so much. <laughs> thank you, Germany. Thank you. You've been wonderful. Auf Wiedersehen. Um, so, yeah, I don't think they need a mulligan for those. I think that, you know, as with most things, it's easy to sit in 2021 or 2020 and judge yeah. things through that lens. Um, they probably didn't think those songs were that bad back then, obviously, or they sure. wouldn't have released them <clears throat> because they weren't quite famous enough to not be told no yet. Or they weren't famous enough to say no is what you mean, I think. Not to be told no. Well, like, no one was like, bro, don't oh. put that song out. I thought you meant as far as, like, them saying, no, I don't want to record that in German. Oh, Get no, I here. meant for You Like Me Too Much. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And. Run for your life. Run for your life. Um, I don't think anyone was. I think they had just hit that peak of, like, no one wants to upset the apple cart. 1965, they're the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. You know? And I think nobody wants to be the one to say, ooh, I don't know, John. Right. Your and ego's at its biggest. Right. Maybe let's not And do how this. old are they? 25. 25-year-old like white 25. dudes with no one <clears throat> telling them no, full of piss and vinegar, you know, and like, yeah. Lord knows what else. Um, so, yeah, probably just not great choices. Yeah. Make good choices, people. Make good choices. Make good choices. What are your top five songs at the moment? Ooh. Throw me on the spot. Uh, Beatles? Yes. Duh. <laughs> Nobody cares about something that's not the Beatles on this podcast. Um, top five at the moment. I mm -hmm. carumba. Mm -hmm. um, Helter Skelter mm -hmm. is always up there high for me. Um, <clears throat> especially after singing it this weekend. It was so good. With, uh, with the walrus and a string quartet in tow. That was rad. Thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, Cry Baby Cry hmm. off the White Album is up there right now. Um, Oh Darling, hmm. been into that one lately. Yeah. Um, Yes It Is is a favorite. And someone told me that they thought that was like pure trash recently. <laughs> and I felt genuinely hurt by Aww. that. You, and you took that personally. <laughs> and I took that personally. <laughs> so I'm about to drop 60 on that person. <laughs> um and I would probably have to throw out there maybe hey bulldog. 
Yeah. All right. That's another favorite. Yeah. That's always up there for me, though. I feel like that one doesn't get enough love. Do you guys do... You do do Oh Darling we with do. Walrus. We you do. did it not this past weekend, but like... A couple weeks ago. Yeah, it yeah. was so good. Yeah. I feel... It's funny because, um, you know, we don't do the screamers all that often because sometimes it's, you know, not appropriate on a acoustic porch show to do right. Helter Skelter. Um, so we did it this weekend and then we're playing a show this coming weekend and the woman whose house we were playing at it was at that the show we did and she said, oh my God, can you please do Helter Skelter next weekend at my house? It's like, well, I've painted myself into this corner now, you haven't sure I? You sure did. You sure did. <laughs> I'll have to sing this all the time now. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. There are worse things to do. It'd be great when I'm like having polyp removal. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. Polyp is a disgusting word. Polyp. <laughs> Moist polyps. Stop. Okay. <laughs> like 10 people just unsubscribed. Please stop. <laughs> At least 10. I'm not Probably cutting more. That. I'm not cutting it. Yes, you are. This is a slice of reality. <laughs> this show is real. So, yeah. Uh, what are your favorites at the moment? Your top five at the moment. Ooh. Um... I think um, I, I feel like I'd also have to say Helter, Helter Skelter because that was so good when you guys did it the other night. I Thank really you. enjoyed it. Um, and plus that song just fucking rocks. Yeah. It just rocks. It does. Um, it's fun to headbang and have long hair for a change. And yes. like really get into it. <laughs> I also really like um, And Your Bird Can Sing. Mm-hmm. You guys do that one too and it. It's just such like a happy little fun tune. It's such a strange outlier in that catalog. I love that song. Why is I, it an outlier? I can't think of anything else that sounds like it. Interesting. Like I was thinking about this last night, actually. I was laying in bed thinking about that song. Um, it's got these like dual harmony guitar leads, mm-hmm. which is like a very like 70s, 80s metal thing. Like harmony guitars. Like that's okay. like a Iron Maiden, uh, you know, like <laughs> diddly, diddly, diddly right. type thing. Uh, they never, like, that's not a Beatles thing. Yeah. Um, I can't think of a song that features that much noodling in it. Not noodling, but, like, mm-hmm. intricate riffage. Yeah. Like, like every, guitar work. All that guitar work is, like, defined melody. Like, and then in the bridge, is that, it's all, and there's a harmony in all of it. It's all very thought out, very methodical, and they just don't do that. Yeah. I can't think of another time off the top of my head where they did it again. And I think I love that so much because, um, like, Death Cab does that a lot, like harmonizing guitars. Mm-hmm. And it's so pleasing to my ear. But it's not like shreddy when they do that. No, it's like beautiful and lush yeah. and lovely. And this isn't like a shreddy thing. No. Yeah. It's like peppy and fun and bouncy. Yeah. It, it sounds bouncy to it's me. It's very, very jaunty. Yeah. <laughs> I love that song. And I like it when you do it. Thank you. Um, Dave sings that one. He sings that one really well. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would also say Norwegian Wood is always. We're talking about that the other day, about doing that one. <gasps> there was actually. I think Felix is going to get a sitar and do it. Really? Not like a real sitar. No. Oh. <laughs> But you might actually do it. We're talking about it, yeah. Because when you guys were wrapping up, list of when you guys were songs. wrapping up the show on Friday, there I was at the merch table, <laughs> being a a good partner, and um, there was a table of friends or people, I guess, um, right next, not right next to the merch table, but like a few feet away. Mm-hmm. Um, and after the show, 
like you guys had I think you did your encore and this woman was like Norwegian Wood and I was like yes Norwegian Wood I'm like they'll probably never do it but I'm with you (laughs) (laughs) and now you might do it that's so exciting it's on our like to-do list that would be amazing I feel like I should have the other guys on for an episode Hmm. and like really break down like the learning of Beatles songs yeah and let them do all that they're not easy songs they're not but one thing I'm learning is like and maybe it's just because I've played for so long now. Like, I feel like in some cases things are way less intimidating. Like, I feel more capable of, like, sitting down and learning the yeah, songs. Yeah, that's good. Whereas, like, a year or two ago, I was really intimidated by some of these songs. Yeah. And now I feel like I can sit down and learn them. <clears throat> I've just got to, like, find the time to sit down and do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. My next one would be uh, She's Leaving Home. Ugh, when you guys do it with the strings, I turn into just, like, a puddle of emotions. Like, I did an Instagram story during that song, and I did, like, the crying emoji. (laughs) It's It's a tune. It's so good. Um, How many is that? Is that three? I don't know. Give us one more. Um, I've just seen a face. Mm, Yeah, that's your fave. That's a fave. Such a good one. Oh, thing. and my fifth can just be Anna. <laughs> Him. <laughs> yes. I look forward to talking about that song a long, long time from now, apparently. I'm looking at the list as we're scrolling through. Um, it's far away. I do love that song. Don't give it away. I'm going to scroll away. I'm not giving it away. I give nothing away. We've got some really good stuff coming up the next couple of months for y'all that I'm very excited about. Um, and I think y'all should be too, because the, one of the cool things that I'm learning about this pandemic is that everyone is bored. <laughs> and sometimes if you reach out to a musician or a guest that is probably a bit out of your, uh, ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they're just bored enough to say yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so that said, I'm really excited because some of the people coming up, Uh, over the next uh, couple of months are musicians and artists that I am huge fan of. We're both huge fans of. um, Some of whom I'm very influenced by, um, you know, as as a musician. And I just, I can't believe that they agreed to be on our podcast. So I am very, very excited about it. None of them are Beatles. I'm just going to put that out there now. (laughs) Paul has not responded to our message. Ringo has not responded to our message. I think the Yet. problem is that I sent it via mail and it's way after October oh dear. 24th. Oh dear. So it's been tossed. Okay. I will probably have to uh, DM him on Twitter. <laughs> Anyone here, if, 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 if listeners, if you don't follow Ringo on social media, I highly recommend following his Twitter account. It's gloriously goofy. He like is posting really weird uh videos and uh boomerangs and like (laughs) his hair is getting kind of long all right over the last year and i say long like he's always kept it buzzed yeah last like 30 years but now he's like getting some length and like some days it's just spiky and messy like you ever see like a chicken that just lost a cockfight and like the feathers are just everywhere (laughs) that's kind of how he looks sometimes and it's really charming (laughs) and uh he's always in athleisure wear Aren't we all? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, so, good on him. Live your best life, Ringo. 
So yeah, hopefully we'll have them one day. That's that's the goal. Maybe someday. We'll see. We'll see. But um, yeah, we've got some really exciting things coming. So apologies if this episode is somewhat rambling. <laughs> we just wanted to kind of keep it low key this week. We've got a lot going on outside of Beetle Podcast Land, so yeah. it's nice to just keep it low key for a week. So hopefully we have not bored you to tears. But if you're still here, good on you. That said, what do you think about Honey Don't at 180? Do you disagree? Do you agree? Is it too high? Is it too low? Or is it just right like Baby Bear's Porridge? <laughs> Let us know in the comments on social media. Be sure you're following us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. All that stuff is in the show notes. So find your... Uh, your social media experience provider of choice and join along in the conversation. So anything else, my dear, before we sign off for the evening? Uh, let's let this go. Let's let it go. <laughs> Honey, do let it go. <laughs> okay. That's all we got this week, folks. Uh, until next week, have a wonderful week and uh, we'll see you then with a brand new episode. Very excited about it. Uh, so till then, I'm Jonathan. And I'm Julia. This is Ranking the Beatles. Adios. Bye, y'all.